I'm your host, Autumn A. Champong. On this podcast, I will share stories from my life and conversations with friends about living on mission in the in-between spaces of life. We all know that in seasons of joy and sorrow, excitement and fear, worry and peace, the both and, God can use and grow us in some pretty beautiful ways. I hope you will join in listening as we go on a journey through the in-between together. On this week's episode, I will be chatting with Rebecca and Sam Patton. Rebecca and Sam have an international marriage ministry, and after being married for over 38 years, they have so much wisdom to share. I'm so excited to get this opportunity to chat with my friends in ministry, Sam and Rebecca Patton. A note for the audio, this podcast is recorded in my home at the City of Refuge Ministries Children's Village campus. With that comes the challenge of sometimes wavering internet connection and the background noises of chickens and children. Enjoy! All right, welcome Rebecca and Sam to the Storied In Between podcast. Yay! Hey, thank you. So, yeah, we are in a series on intentional relationships which means how we as believers can build godly and encouraging relationships with others in our various in-between stages of life. And I am so excited to have a conversation with you about how you guys have been intentional in building your marriage and then pouring into the lives and marriages of others, not just in the U.S., but around the globe. So um, Rebecca and Sam, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you guys do in your day-to-day life. I think it's kind of amazing that you're in a, a series about intentional, and our program is actually called Intentional Marriage. I know. When I looked that up, I was like, this is perfect. <laughs> Someone asked us the other day, well, why did you call it Intentional Marriage? And well, well, it's, you have to be intentional about it. Right. That's if exactly you just wait it. For it to happen. So we're Sam and Rebecca, and we have been married 38 years. Um, our, the first four years were not so great because we had not been taught. <laughs> it's interesting that we're, mm. we have to study to do everything in life except be married and have and be parents. And there's no real training yeah. unless you go seek it on how to do the two most important things in right. whole life. And uh, so yeah. since we had a... That is so a, true. Mm-hmm, so since we had a rough marriage going, rather than give up and be angry and shut down or go get a divorce, which is the worst case scenario, we decided to see what God had to say about it. And so we decided to um, search out. We began to pray, and God led us to a ministry that was having weekly marriage lessons. So we went to those. It was 13 weeks and Mm. learned how to be married God's way, and that was the beginning of our journey. And it was That's really that cool that we ended up in the marriage ministry because they asked us to start teaching that class. Well, we went through it once, and it made it took it was about three weeks into it before she decided that that it was really real, and uh, started to join in. <laughs> yeah, because I was very discouraged and thought, no, oh, I guess we're just going to have mm. one of those crummy marriages, and so I had kind of shut down in depression mm. and. And so we went to the class, but I thought, oh, well, you know, I I was in a bad place. But there was lots of prayer cover Mm. over those classes, which is so important to improve any part of your life. And uh, 
they were really mm-hmm. praying for us. So about week three or four, I began to thaw out. And <laughs> no, you know, the Lord started really touching my heart, <laughs> and I began to receive. Mm. So we immediately signed up to go through it again, so that you know we were both wow. in the second time. And then the third time, about a year later, mm-hmm. we had moved to another state, and we contacted the headquarters to, where could we take a refresher course? And they were like, we don't have any classes in that area. How about you lead it? And we're like, oh, no, we're not ready for that. <laughs> but they said, but nobody is ever perfect. You know, you're if you wait until you have everything worked out in your mm-hmm. life, we'll never do anything. We just have to go mm-hmm. from where we are. So. So we were like, okay, so then we started, so that was in 1988, we started teaching marriage classes, and so we've been in marriage ministry ever since. And it turns out that when you start teaching, that's when you really learn it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But we saw... (laughs) That's for sure. (laughs) We saw the miracles in people's lives that were willing to listen, be Mm. teachable, and study God's Word, you know, in relationship to marriage. Mm-hmm. And we're like, wow, you know, God is miraculous. If we just are willing to open our hearts to his ideas and uh, truths in mm-hmm. the word and apply them to our lives, he's faithful. Mm-hmm. You know, he will he will change so our hearts faithful. and help us to work out. the. Mm-hmm. Always in marriage, both people have issues. It's it's not generally just one person. Yep. But And that's a lot mm-hmm. of what most people do wrong is they play the blame game, pointing at the other one like Adam and Eve did. Mm-hmm. And uh, you don't find, yeah, you know, repentance. Nothing new in the <laughs> you world. You don't find repentance heart. <laughs> no. And uh, we have to take responsibility mm-hmm. for each one of us for where we are and mm-hmm. how our marriage is and how we how we uh, manage our emotions and our reactions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Um, So today we're talking about being intentional in relationships, and I wanted to ask you guys, what are a couple of the lessons that you guys have learned about being intentional in marriage over all these years? Oh, wow, that's hard to figure out just a few. There's a lot. (laughs) Um, There's, I'm sure, a ton. The first thing that we always tell people is the most important thing in marriage is for both of you to know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then from there you can grow and learn what the other person needs and start fulfilling Mm -hmm. that need. We teach Mm -hmm. that, Mm -hmm. you know, throughout Scripture it talks about having a humble and a contrite heart. That's what God loves. Mm-hmm. And so in marriage, mm-hmm. uh, we of course, every marriage, people come from different backgrounds, uh, different family and life experiences. And so they come into this any relationship, really, that you have, whether it's friendship or marriage, um, with, with a mm-hmm. different m- mindset of the way that you look at things and the way you respond because of ways you've been wounded or things you've been taught mm-hmm. that might be true or they might be lies. You know, just to, not not intentional often, but just the way people live isn't always um, a healthy or godly way. And so if they were raised in a home like that, yeah. we, we help them unravel and teach them the truth. That's really important is to let the Bible be your, mm. your, um, your book, you know, your guide of what is truth. Mm-hmm. Um, because when we base our life, our marriage on truth, then we're both um, being empowered by God to do it because it's not just our, I'm going to mm-hmm. try. You know, the Holy Spirit will always come alongside and, and counsel us and help us when we open ourselves up humbly to Him. So the first thing we usually teach yeah. is um, to repent 
for the things that they've done up to the point, mm-hmm. you know, this point, um, have a humble heart, you know, I'm sorry. And not just for the things that you've done wrong, because sometimes you do wrong and you don't mean to. <laughs> um, yes, but, mm-hmm. but having a repentant heart and being willing to go to God and to your spouse, to your children, and repent for the things that you have done wrong and the way that it has affected them is really powerful. And then right along with that is forgiveness. Because when your spouse repents, then it's up to you. Am I going to forgive you? Well, a lot of people say, Mm -hmm. well, you keep on doing it over and over, so I'm not going to forgive you because you're still doing it. But that's not what Mm -hmm. Jesus says. He says, you know, we have to forgive as we've been forgiven by God. And, of course, Mm -hmm. we as humans continue to sin and Jesus continues mm-hmm. to forgive us. So even if our spouse continues yeah. to blow it, we need to continue to forgive. Mm-hmm. So those are mm-hmm. the oh, foundational really things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you don't really have a good. repentant heart and a forgiving heart, it's going to be really hard to have a good relationship because you've got two people that just, yeah. when you're so close and personal, there is, there's just going to be, you know, some blow ups and some hurts, disappointments. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we try to give people tools to deal with those, not to say that they won't ever happen because that's unrealistic. You know, we're people with yeah. emotions yeah. and wounds. So, mm-hmm. and another thing yeah. is we have yeah. to. Yeah, oh, that's to really learn, good. We have to learn to intentionally try to drive our our thought patterns because the Bible says, "As you think, so are you." So if we're always mm-hmm. thinking and looking for the bad in our wife or in our spouse, that's what we're going to find. Mm-hmm. It says, whatever you look for, that's what right. you're going to find. So if we keep mulling mm-hmm. this stuff over in our head, well, she did this and she did that, and blah, 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 and you go downhill mm-hmm. from there. Mm-hmm. So you need to learn to recognize that, talk to the Holy Spirit and say, help me get out of this funk and get on with mm-hmm. treating this mm-hmm. woman like she's supposed to be treated. And to look for what she does good. We often say, get yourself yeah. a little notebook and everything your wife or your husband does, write it down in that little book. That's right. That's and good. then on the days mm-hmm. that you're being critical and saying, she does this and she does that, go get that little book and look at it and it tells all the things she does good. <laughs> Remind yourself. <laughs> yes. Right. Mm-hmm. The things that she does right and why you love her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we mm-hmm. describe it as going down a road because we are on a road of life and you come to a Y in the road and if you go down we'll just say the left side and there's a bridge out okay and that's where mm-hmm. where if we make choices to respond in our flesh and out of our hurt mm-hmm. and out of our anger that's like mm-hmm. going down there and you're going to hit a you know have an accident with the bridges out but if you choose the right which is doing it God's way, and you have to intentionally go, I'm going to go right instead of left, then you can yeah. begin to apply, you know, repentance, forgiveness, you know, choosing not to judge your spouse, mm-hmm. but instead to call out the good things in mm-hmm. them. And that leads to life. Mm-hmm. And so we have a choice. Yeah. Every time something comes up, we have a choice point. Am I going to respond in my flesh? Or am I going to respond, you know, mm-hmm. in a godly way, you know, using the fruit of the Spirit? Mm-hmm. You know, love, joy, peace, patience, right. gentleness, kindness, faith, meekness, and self-control. You know, if even mm-hmm. if you apply those things, the thing I'm fixing to do to my spouse or say to my spouse, does it have those qualities? 
and put your brakes mm-hmm. on if it doesn't. Don't let your mouth, we, we say, yeah. your mouth. Don't just let it flow like mm-hmm. a volcano that flows over your family and brings destruction. And then always go, oh, I'm so mm-hmm. sorry, I'm so sorry. Well, it's good to be sorry, but it's better to make a choice to not do it to start with. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so good. So hard, but mm-hmm. that's really, really good. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's why you have to make that intentional choice. It is hard, but, you know, mm-hmm. the way that mm-hmm. you think. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And we like to tell people yeah. that no matter how how bad your, uh, home, your home situation is, it's never too hard for God to bring it from that that bad place mm. into a place of joy. If you were willing to submit mm-hmm. your heart to God and to one another, it, nothing's impossible mm-hmm. with God. And so we, yeah, you know, the only thing that absolutely. we don't endorse is if there's abuse, you know, physical, mental, mm-hmm. emotional, where you or your children are being in danger, then that's a whole different thing. Mm-hmm. But we're talking about just right. a normal marriage that just has struggles and it's not so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so good. So um, part of my podcast, we um, talk a little bit about in between seasons of life where um, where things are kind of like both and like there's seasons of life where we have both joy and sorrow. We have worry and peace. Those those kinds of seasons of life. So what are some of those seasons that you guys have experienced over the years? Well, there's varying degrees of that. Say one mm-hmm. for most couples is when you your children all leave home and you have the empty nest. Well, yeah. you're joyful that you've launched your children, mm-hmm. you know, and hopefully they are out doing, you know, w- wonderful things, whatever God's plan is for them. But mm-hmm. it's, it's also a, a sad season because all of a sudden, mm-hmm. oh, I don't have my children here to, to love and, you know, minister to and uh, experience yeah. life with so so you're mm. you have joy and sorrow kind of at the same time mm-hmm. that's no mm-hmm. one or if, mm-hmm. if you lose a parent or lose you know a spouse or a mm. child oh there's so much mm-hmm. grief in that um and so but yet if you know that they knew the lord and they've gone to heaven then there's joy in that so you have both. right right yeah both of those yeah mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah those are great examples Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about how you guys have been intentional in your relationship with Jesus in your marriage. To be intentional in our relationship with Jesus, um, I think covenant. a covenant with Jesus, yes. He has a covenant with us. When we accept him, we accept his mm-hmm. covenant that he loves us mm-hmm. unconditionally. But we, are, mm-hmm. when we accept him, that is not the end. Uh, we've had, I mean, we had a pastor tell us, well, when you accept Jesus, that's all there is. That's not true. Mm-hmm. There's a whole lot of growth yeah. and understanding. And, it and needs mm-hmm. to happen. <clears throat> yeah. One of the things we need to do is just learn, intentionally learn, what it is to be a child of Jesus, a child of God. When mm-hmm. we become mm-hmm. a child of God, accept him we've become a child of god and we can still live like an orphan like an orphan yes mm-hmm. somebody that yeah. has no, no father mm-hmm. but mm. 
in reality, we do, you know, if you've accepted Jesus as your Savior, you know, he lives in your heart, you know, the, the Holy Spirit lives mm-hmm. in you. But many people continue struggling the whole rest of their life with the things of their, mm. their in their emotions and their flesh. And so there's one part of us that we're, we're connected with God when we accept him, but we have the struggles in our mm-hmm. soul part, which is our mind, emotions, and will. And and that's mm-hmm. why I think the the scripture that says work out your salvation with fear and trembling it's not that we earn our yes. salvation because that's given by grace, but mm-hmm. working it out means inviting God into all those areas in our mind, emotions, mm-hmm. and will that is such a struggle yeah. for us because of our personality and of the way we've raised and the experiences that we've had. So in our marriage, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I had an abusive father. And so I didn't mm. have a great deal of trust. I didn't realize it, but for Father God, because I didn't know what mm-hmm. it meant to have a loving, gentle father. And that will hinder mm. anyone that has that kind of father, a, an overbearing, yeah. and abusive father. You'll have a father wound. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. So when you have those kind of wounds growing up, you tend to make judgments of self-protection, mm-hmm. kind of. And so I discovered mm-hmm. as a little girl, I decided... I'm never going to let a man treat me like that again, like the way my father did. Mm-hmm. And therefore then, because my father was a, a preacher, then I I might not be able to trust men of God because my father mm. was supposedly a man of God and I couldn't trust him. Right. And then I, mm. I made another judgment that, that um, no man, even no matter what they proclaimed to be, could really love me because my father mm. would say he loved me and then in you know the next breath we're going into these abusive situations and so then so when mm-hmm. i married sam i came in with those judgments not knowing because nobody really mm. taught me so sam was a man so i had up a guard uh, of you're a man and mm-hmm. i can't trust men and you're a godly man and i don't think i can trust godly men do you see so my judgments mm-hmm. were really hindering my marriage and we were very yeah. thankful when God started teaching us. I was like, oh, so when, when you're forgiving, uh, I had to forgive my father, of course. But there's more to it than that. I had to deal with my judgments mm-hmm. of my father. And so, mm-hmm. Lord, forgive me for judging mm-hmm. all men because of my father and, and judging the men of God because mm-hmm. of my father. And as I, as I worked through each of those things, removing that, the power of the, my judgment, then that opened my heart to be able to love Sam the way that I needed to and wanted to. Mm. I just wasn't mm. able until I dealt, mm. you know, kind of let God do a deep cleaning in my heart. Well, that was my soul part. Yeah. See, that whole time, yeah. I was very secure in my relationship with God. I knew that I, w- if I died today, I would go to heaven. But my soul part mm-hmm. was a big mm-hmm. mess. My mind, emotions, and will. Yeah. And that highly affected mm-hmm. my marriage. And I think mm-hmm. many people mm-hmm. that struggle in their marriage that are Christians have this same problem because Mm -hmm. they haven't taken the time to let you know a a prayer team or let god reveal it to you because he'll reveal through his word he'll Mm -hmm. reveal through programs like this or buying christian Mm -hmm. you know marriage books there's all kinds of ways we can seek Mm -hmm. and find but people need to seek and find and and put into practice yeah yeah so so that they can be healed and that's an intentional decision and uh right helped our marriage when I dealt with my, my mess. And it wasn't his fault. Hmm. It was, you know, he right. had nothing to do with it, but he bore the consequences of it because I wasn't a very <laughs> yeah. you know, intimate, close, warm wife because of being on guard because he was a man. Mm. Yeah. Right. And so, 
Yeah. That was part of our struggles. <laughs> hmm. hmm. Yeah. That's so good. I think, I think that's something that um, a lot of people, you know, have challenges with just walking, maybe not the same story, but walking in wounded and then how, yes. you know, how do I let, how do I grow and heal this woundedness um, mm-hmm. in my relationship with, with God and in my marriage mm-hmm. and with my children. And mm-hmm. it is a, it is a process, but yeah, being able to walk out that healing is, um, yeah, changes your life and changes the mm-hmm. lives of the people around you. <laughs> so mm-hmm. when, that's when really, I'm doing really cool. Prayer with people. Yeah. When I'm doing prayer with people, I'll ask them which of the Godhead, you know, cause God is a Trinity, God, Jesus, and the Holy spirit. Mm-hmm. Which of the which of those do you mm-hmm. most easily um, identify, you know, or talk with? And that tells me a lot about their past mm-hmm. because if they're like, oh, it's not God, it's, yeah. it's just Jesus. Well, Jesus is the friend who sticks closer mm-hmm. than a brother. So if if they have yep. a good relationship with Jesus, then I know they probably had good relationships with their siblings and maybe with their friends in life. Mm-hmm. That's probably mm-hmm. not an area that needs a lot of ministry. But if they're they're like, well, you know, God's out mm-hmm. there, and I know it, well, they probably have some father wound, and and God wants to heal that. You yeah. just need to spend some time yeah. letting Him evaluate what's going on in me. And then if they don't, they don't mm-hmm. understand or you know trust that the Holy Spirit's in them because He's the one who seals us when we get saved. You know, He. Um, yeah. And yeah. So if they if they then that's indicate is that the holy spirit is the bible says he counsels us he leads us into mm-hmm. all truth you know he nurtures us well that's mm-hmm. the role of our mother if you think about that in yeah. the flesh mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so if people yeah. don't trust or don't understand or don't know the holy spirit that's they probably have a mother wound and so mm-hmm. that would be an area of, well let's let's talk about what happened with your mom let's forgive your mom yeah. for whatever way you felt disappointed mm-hmm. you know the ways that she hurt you Wow. Wow. This is so good. <laughs> and and uh, I, I also had that because I had a mother because my mother, um, mm. you know, did some, you know, she, she committed adultery and um, really mm. tore our family apart. So my parents got divorced when I was 12. So I had a mother wound. Mm. So you see, I had a father wound yeah. and a mother wound. So so how was my relationship yeah. with God? I didn't trust Father God very much, and I didn't trust Holy Spirit very much. Now, I did trust Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, but, but mm-hmm. I needed those other parts of my life healed up so that I could embrace the fullness of who God is and let him work in my life in every way. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that impacted wow. my marriage and my parenting and all my relationships, mm-hmm. you know, even my relationship mm-hmm. with God. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, there, yeah. there is help when people realize you know, I'm not, I'm not doing well in relationship. Don't just let it go on and on and on and be crummy. Mm-hmm. Spend some time mm-hmm. in the Word or find some, you know, one at church that knows how to pray with you and and intentionally mm-hmm. get some help to get your soul cleaned up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so much available of God that sometimes we don't we don't get to seek because we're living in a place of woundedness. Yes. Um, and we just accept it, that that's yeah. our normal, but it, it's not the normal God wants for you, for us. He came, yeah. you know, Jesus said, right. I came to right. give you life and give it abundantly. <laughs> well, if you're not living mm-hmm. in abundant mm-hmm. life, then let's, let's look at what's going on so that you can 
because he makes it available yeah. to all of yeah. us. He, he loves us and Jesus died for us to have abundant life. So yeah. as we are, mm-hmm. we are exactly. children of the, of the King and we have enjoyed heirs with Jesus Christ and that gives us power. It gives us uh, mm-hmm. meaning. It gives just everything. My, my son came in and made a little guest appearance. <laughs> I, I heard that. Yes. That's precious. I'm glad you have him there. <laughs> one thing we teach a lot is about people having what's called the orphan spirit. And that's kind of what I've been describing. Mm. Because you, mm. you know, we describe it actually as like having three chairs. And chair chair one mm-hmm. is where we want to be. And that's where we're really connected with, with God in, in our devotion life, in our marriage, mm-hmm. in our everything. And chair two is where, well, let's go to chair three is where you don't have a relationship with God at all. And you don't even know Jesus as your Savior. Mm-hmm. That's not a chair anyone needs to be mm-hmm. in. And so we, we ask people, please, if you've not made a commitment to Jesus to give him your life, please, would you do that today? And we lead mm-hmm. them in a prayer of salvation. Mm-hmm. So that's so that leads mm-hmm. you out of chair three into chair two or one. Well, if you're still wounded, mm-hmm. like I've been describing, mm-hmm. you're living in chair two, which means you really have a father where he wants to you in chair one to have, you know, a wonderful relationship with Abba, Father, but we're not able to mm-hmm. because of our woundings mm-hmm. and because of our lies. And so mm-hmm. we're in chair two where we're not really an orphan, but we feel and think like an orphan. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. so, so as you pray and and process like i've been describing forgiving you know dealing with your judgments repenting um asking god to heal your heart you know as you go through that process then that can move you from chair two into chair one and then being able to have a a really rich relationship with with father god Mm -hmm. instead of just knowing that he's my Mm -hmm. father but i'm not really there communicating because of those wounds yeah so. yeah that's really good that's a great picture mm-hmm. yeah and when we do it in person we actually set the three chairs out there and i move from chair to chair as i describe it, or mm. describe it. yeah <clears throat> mm-hmm. yeah yeah so you can even uh, if people are interested in that they can look up on youtube you know look up the mm-hmm. you know the orphan spirit and um, find some teaching on that. We do teaching, and there's others that do that's excellent because people get stuck, and God doesn't want us to be stuck. Yeah. He wants us to live in abundant joy yeah. in our marriage and in our relationship yeah. with him. And um, mm-hmm. it's all there, but we have to intentionally go, okay, I'm going to do something about this and not just stay miserable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's so good. Mm-hmm. So tell us, you guys have three adult uh, girls, um, mm-hmm. te- and and you got to stay home with them and teach them growing up. What are some intentional things that you did with your kids growing up when they were younger that really, um, you know, it, it made a difference in who they are today? What were some of those intentional things? I'm talking a lot because he's having trouble. <laughs> I think one of the biggest oh, things that we did, and we did right, she did right, was in her Bible, in her school, she included Bible. She learnt, taught them Bible. Yeah. She had them memorize scriptures, and she made it realistic to them, made it uh, part of their lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, um, I, I, I'm a studier, and I, I wanted to know the right way to parent. 
And so one of the books I found yeah. was called The Key to Your Child's Heart. And you don't want mm. your child, we're talking younger now, not as adults, but your your little child that you're training mm-hmm. up, you don't want them to obey just because I said so. And a lot of pe- parents say that. You yes. do it because I said so. Yeah. Well, they do need to do it because you said so, but mm-hmm. there's a deeper re- deeper reason. And and so I try to always yes. teach them the deeper reason. Right. And, and, and it's because children honor your father and mother that it may go well with you. Um, you know, and then just teaching them mm. things about their character. I would try to address character and not just their actions because actions are the fruit mm. of what's going on in their little character. And so if all you're always doing is punishing actions, then you can mm-hmm. create a rebellious child. They can, you, you know, yeah. you've, heard, yeah. you've heard the thing of, I may be sitting down on the outside, but on the inside, I'm standing up, you know, a child. I'm standing up, yeah. <laughs> Uh-huh. And, and you don't want your child to do that where in their heart they're rebelling mm-hmm. against you you want to I, I like mm-hmm. to um, reach their heart because if you reach their heart yeah. then you're forming their character and that was our responsibility is not to um, help have the children just have fun not to have, be their buddy mm-hmm. of course I wanted to be friends mm-hmm. with them and I, and I was we had a great time together but but our main assignment from God is to raise godly adults. And yeah. so whatever that takes, if you if you keep your goal of uh, how this decision of what I'm going to say to my child, is that going to mm-hmm. uh, help them become a godly adult, or is that just going to make them spoiled mm. and ready, giving them their way? Mm. And um, yeah. So the parent needs to look at their heart too about why do I do what I wanted mm-hmm. what I'm doing with my child? Is it because I'm angry? Mm-hmm. Is it because, mm-hmm. you know, I want to look good to other people and have these perfect little children? Or mm-hmm. is it because I want their hearts to truly love God and to truly seek after him? And then mm. that's how you decide how you're going to do. We prayed together as a family. We had uh, mm-hmm. a thing that we called family powwow. That was just our name for it. And that was once mm. a week. We would gather, you know, one evening a week. Everybody knew we we're going to have powwow. Everybody come. And that was the time when... The children and us, but the children could say anything they wanted to say to us as long as it was said with honor. Now, they couldn't be dishonoring mm. or, you know, mm-hmm. they couldn't accuse us and cuss us out or anything like that. But but they mm-hmm. could say, mm-hmm. I felt mistreated when you did that, or I felt like you didn't understand or that you don't care. That that gave them a opportunity to say how they were feeling and mm. we would talk about it. And we would pray about it together so that things mm. didn't build up in them mm. that were resentful. Like, my yeah. parents just don't even care and they don't love me. And those are lies. But the enemy sure loves yeah. to take those and try and destroy our that children so true. with those lies. Mm-hmm. And so you have to pro- proactively come against that by giving them space to tell you how they're really mm-hmm. feeling. And maybe it's legitimate, mm. maybe it's mm. not. But, but, but don't be critical of them if it's how they feel. Feelings aren't wrong. The way we act can be wrong, but mm-hmm. feelings aren't mm-hmm. wrong. So you can help them guide and, and understand why you did what you did or why you said what you did, you mm-hmm. know, according to the word of God. And and it calms down their hearts. So mm-hmm. that's the whole thing is reaching your yeah. child's heart instead of just making them be what you want mm-hmm. them to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Bible mm-hmm. says to train up a child that's in the way really they should go. And that's not the way you want them to yep. go. It's the way God wants them to right. go. Yeah. Right. So our right. our girls mm. were very different in temperament. So you have to you can't treat all your children the same. And we were aware of that. We mm-hmm. prayed a lot about it. We studied 
um, temperaments. You know, you can go take a free temperament test. You know, temperamentquiz.com, mm-hmm. I think it is. Um, and then love languages are important. So each of your children mm-hmm. have a different love language. And one might be gifts. So as you give gifts, they're going, oh, they mm-hmm. really love me. But if, if you know, another child has number five is gifts, which means it's the lowest on their totem pole, and you're trying to show them love mm-hmm. by giving them gifts, they're not going to feel loved because they want it's, quality right. time. Uh-huh. And you're not right. giving them quality time, so they don't feel loved. So it's mm-hmm. really important to study those spiritual gifts or those love languages to know how does my mm-hmm. child need to be loved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. What else did you want to say? You did good. <laughs> well, Sam used to. Uh, <laughs> he he told me that on the way to work he would pray all the way to work and all the way home for our girls. Mm. And mm. that meant a lot because I was home doing yeah. it, but I knew that I had his right. support. You're covered and, in prayer. Um, yeah, we, I was covered in prayer, and we were we were in agreement. You know, we weren't yeah. playing one against the other. That's really bad for mm-hmm. children. You need to be on the same page and, and not disagree about mm-hmm. what you're going to do with them, at least not in front of them. If you have a disagreement, mm-hmm. take it to a private time, talk it over and pray it over, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. but not in front of the children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so now you're now your girls are grown. So how do you yeah. how do you guys be intentional with? adult children and their families. Wow. Well, that's something they are uh, their own people and not res- mm-hmm. we're not or they don't are not responsible to what we have to say or we try not to control them. We don't control them. Mm-hmm. We love them. Mm-hmm. We love them, we pray for them and as they ask, we advise them. But we try to not mm-hmm. give advice or direction if they don't ask, because it's not really our place mm-hmm. anymore. They, yeah. you know, once once they moved out, and you know, the their responsibility and their loyalty needed to transfer from us to their husband, their daughters, and and to mm-hmm. God. The the Bible mm-hmm. says to a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. Well, the the wife needs to do the same thing: leave her father and mother and cleave yeah. to her husband. And we want mm-hmm. them to do that. So we we actually, you know, you they, you say cut the apron strings, but the, a spiritual way to say that would be breaking that soul tie with them, so that they don't rely on you anymore, mm-hmm. and you don't you don't long to control them and teach them in the way that you did mm-hmm. growing up. It's not our role anymore. Yeah. Once we hand mm-hmm. them over to their husband, you know, it's 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 between the two of them and God. They have a, a covenant with mm-hmm. God, and that doesn't involve us. Mm-hmm. So any mm-hmm. parent that tries to get their children to do their will, mm, it's really out of God's line, God's order. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then with the grandchildren, I think yeah. they're to be loved and spoiled. Rebecca thinks we need to make sure they behave. <laughs> that's their parents' job. <laughs> So you guys have a good balance there then. (laughs) We do. We we do enjoy them and we do treat them differently, but we do use the opportunities God gives us to speak into their lives. You know, like we have a a 21-year-old grandson that just got engaged. Well, 
I homeschooled oh, cool. him for, for a little bit when he was little, when he was mm. five and six, I homeschooled mm. him. So I have a very close relationship with him. Mm-hmm. And so now mm-hmm. that he's engaged, and he because his heart is open to us, because we've, we've, you know, I've disciplined him a lot, but we've also loved him greatly yeah. and paid for him a lot. Well, he's 21. He could just totally discard world, world mm-hmm. you know, frumpy grandparents, you know, but he hasn't done that. He's, <laughs> he, knows, he knows that we teach about marriage and we are certified with Simbus, which means save your marriage before it starts. Mm-hmm. And we're certified mm-hmm. consultants in that and we can do it on Zoom. So he lives in another state. So he said, you know, Nana and Papa, would you um, do that program with me and my fiance to prepare us to get married God's way. Oh, that well, is really well, cool. Well, what a joy. That's really it cool. It is. To have yeah. a grandchild still open that's, to that's let quite us a teach gift. them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're honored. Yeah, yeah. But, that's mm-hmm. really cool. That's really cool. So I think cool. that keeping a balance so, with your children and grandchildren is is something that you need to really pray about. And, and watch yourself. Mm. They're not they're not your kids mm. anymore, and you don't have a right to control mm-hmm. them. So, yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's really good. So let's go back into your marriage ministry, and um, can you share some of the things that you guys feel that God has specifically called you guys to speak into marriages? Well, <clears throat> to speak into marriages, we went, when we retired mm-hmm. in Arizona, we moved to Arkansas, and just as we got here, mm-hmm. the uh, a man gave our church a radio station, and since I had a technical background, it became my re- job to take care of that <laughs> station, make sure it works. Uh-huh. Well, as a result of that, when the manager decided he wanted a marriage program. He came to us and said, would you do this marriage program for the station? And uh, mm. we were hesitant. And after he insisted for three months, we started. Mm. And we've done that for four mm. and a half years. And it's been very good. It's given us an opportunity to talk to marriages in our county here. And then during mm-hmm. COVID, it came up the opportunity to start speaking in Bambara, Uganda, uh, live mm. once a week, and so we, and then after that in Kampala, so we have these three radio programs: one here, two in Uganda, and from there we have a platform mm. to speak into marriages and mm-hmm. teach them God's way to be married. We always say, "You will have mm-hmm. the marriage of your dreams when you learn how to be married God's way." Mm-hmm. And so that's what we try. Yeah. We take the Bible and we go to them and say. Here's what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the, the first thing, after becoming, teaching them that the most important thing in marriage is to know Jesus Christ as a personal Savior. And then from there, mm-hmm. marriage is a covenant. God mm. gave us covenants. He gave covenants throughout the years, and it was always God saying, I am going to do this. It's not, marriage is not a contract. A contract is saying, well, if I do this, you're going to do that. If I pay you this money, you'll sell me that car. That's a contract. Mm-hmm. God says, I am going to save your soul when you accept Jesus Christ. Well, when we get married mm-hmm. and we stand up in front of God and everybody and say, I do solemnly swear to, no, no it's vow. not that. <laughs> uh, I do vow to take you as my lawful wedded wife and I will cherish mm-hmm. you. 
I will provide for you. I will comfort you. I will protect you. In that marriage ceremony, we are making a covenant covenant with our spouse and with God. It's a three-way covenant between us, our spouse, and God. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. there is no, in a contract, there's usually a back door where if you don't want to do this mm-hmm. anymore, you can say something and you can get out of the contract. A covenant you cannot. You are in that covenant for life. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. people break covenants and get divorces and 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 go and but God forgive. That's not ideal. Mm-hmm. God does forgive. Mm-hmm. But a marriage is a covenant. You're supposed to take the divorce word out of your vocabulary, never use it, never threaten it, because it only puts mm-hmm. a wedge between you if you say, Well, if you don't stop that, I'm gonna divorce you. No, that doesn't work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You've got to be committed. Mm-hmm. And then, well, we describe covenant as a triangle. And on the two the mm. two bottom corners is the husband and the wife, and then the top of the triangle is God. And the triangle is the mm-hmm. strongest geometrical shape. figure. Shape. Shape, yes. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, and it can't be broken. There's a lot of strength in it. Mm-hmm. So the, the thing is, is, you know, we... If you can picture a triangle, the bottom line is between the husband and wife. And if that gets clogged up and there's something going on between you and and you're having trouble, well, each of you has a line that goes up to the top to God. So go to God and talk Mm. about what's going on Mm -hmm. instead of breaking, breaking it with the bottom, you know, the line between the two of you. Each of you, whichever yeah. one of you is willing and, and, you know, go to God on that sideways of the triangle. And then God can go down his side to your spouse and begin working in their heart as you pray. Mm-hmm. And um, mm. so anyway, that's a, a really good, really... yeah, really good example. Mm-hmm. And another thing we teach is that the happiest couple are two servants in love. Yeah. People say, well, marriage is a 50-50. No, it's not. It's a 100-100. I need to do whatever this wife needs, even if it goes against what I need or what I want. Mm. I need to take care Mm. of her and do her thing, and she needs to do the same for me. So Mm. if you're both trying to outdo Mm -hmm. each other, it becomes an awesome relationship. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. you're not grumbling and saying, well, she didn't do this, and she didn't do that, and blah, 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 blah. You're saying, wow, this is an awesome woman you gave me, God, and I'm thankful to you for her. Yeah, yeah. And as as the children in the home, going back to the parenting thing, as they see you putting these things into your marriage and they're watching how you're treating one another in your marriage relationship, the children are learning. You know, you can tell your children all you want about how they ought to act in marriage, but they are watching you and that's what they're going to do. And so it's mm-hmm. very important mm-hmm. because this is a training place. You know, we we mm-hmm. think, oh, nobody knows what happens in this house. But, oh, yes, the children know and are greatly affected. <laughs> and and God knows. Yeah. Maybe people at the church yeah. and out in the community don't know. But, but we have a great responsibility to be honorable, even when no one else can see mm-hmm. or hear what's going on. And mm-hmm. I really appreciate mm-hmm. Sam because he's very, the things that we teach, he's He's very true to it. He's a godly man. He has never threatened me, hit me, shoved me, you know, treated me mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. Oh, oh, the wife is a weaker vessel. Well, yeah, 
you know, I'm weaker, so he could really manhandle me and make me both physically and but and emotionally too. He could make me mm-hmm. uh, because I'm supposed to respect and honor him. So he could make me do everything his way if he wanted, I suppose. But he has mm-hmm. never tried to mm-hmm. to lord it over me because in Ephesians it says, "Husband, love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave mm-hmm. himself for her." Mm-hmm. And so Sam takes mm-hmm. that very seriously and loves me and gives himself for me like Jesus did for for the church. Yeah. Mm, mm. Oh, these are such such good such good tools, I think. Mm-hmm. Um and I think people are going to be really encouraged by hearing hearing these words being cha- being mm-hmm. challenged too. Yes, That's good. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. So God has recently opened a door for you guys to minister in Uganda. That's been since COVID. Um, and you guys just came back from a trip to Uganda. Um, so mm-hmm. I wanted you to have the opportunity to tell us a few of your adventures or miracles or stories about things that God taught you while you were over there, um, things that you got to see God do and move in and through your ministry there. Yes, we just got back. We were there for about the whole month of September, mm-hmm. and we were there mm-hmm. for four weeks. We lived and ate and as much Uganda Ugandan as we could. Instead of staying uh, in hotels, we stayed in homes. I wanted to know <laughs> how these people lived. That's really cool. And over the four mm-hmm. weeks, we were in homes most of the time. And it was awesome. I love the people. Uh, we had, mm. in that four weeks, we had 13 conferences talking yeah. about Intentional marriage. Wow. Some were three days. Some were just one day. Wow. It's hard to figure out how to put three days of mm-hmm. talking into one day. But uh, we did our best. Right. <laughs> so the things we were teaching them was what we've talked about here already. About number one need is knowing Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. And number two, it's a co- uh, covenant. covenant. Mm-hmm. We talked about forgiveness, forgiving your partner when they uh, hurt you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about the orphan spirit and mm. then little things that we can do that will make a big difference in our marriage. Mm-hmm. And the things that happened there are awesome. The first meeting we had was a three-day meeting. It's out in the bush. There are three. When we first started mm. going on the radio in Mimbarra, it was in the middle of a COVID lockdown. And the people couldn't go to church. Mm. But there was not a rule against having clubs. And so the listeners mm. just started having intentional marriage clubs. They, they gathered around the radio. They gather huh. a group of gather around <laughs> That's the radio really cool. under a mango tree or in a home or just wherever they had. Uh-huh. And they start, these little clubs started up. There's like 150 of them now. Intentional marriage wow. clubs. Yeah. And there were three clubs wow. in one area that have gotten large enough to turn into churches. Mm-hmm. And I guess Kira hmm. Hura was one too. So there's mm-hmm. four at least. There's, and I think we know there's of. More. Mm-hmm. We know of at least four that have become churches. And hmm. the first conference we had was for three days out in the, uh, the bush. bush at Bushwego. <laughs> and it was centered in the middle of three of these churches. And we had that meeting in the uh, yard of a, a primary school where we rented tents and chairs and sound system and stage and fed the people and mm-hmm. everything. These conferences are quite expensive, but it's very effective. We had over 600 people in attendance there. 
on the first day, there were 320 people accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior. And that wow. Was, wow. That was yeah. just amazing. And, uh, and we drove out there two mm. and a half hours to get out there to the bush. And we our car was the only one there, which mm. meant everyone there walked. Oh, 650-some yeah. people. Mm. Yeah, and they registered, and that was 650-some mm. adults that they didn't register their kids. So we had more mm. than 100 children that were sitting on the ground in the sun in front of us listening. I mean, mm-hmm. you don't see that in America. Children are moving around and, no. you know, un- undisciplined. But these children had their eyes on us. Now, maybe it's because they weren't used to seeing white people in the <laughs> but. Yeah, <laughs> but they, 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 their hearts—you could see in their eyes. Their hearts were listening, even though we were talking about marriage. And so, when we um, talked about honor, um, we talked about having a, a culture of honor in the home. <clears throat> and so, you mm. know, God just led us to talk to the children too about their responsibility to honor your father and mother and what that meant. And so, during the the lunch break of one of those days that we were there, we asked the the people, the husbands, if you have not been honored and cherishing, loving your wife the way that you should, we're asking you during this break to go to your wife and ask her to forgive you. And then we gave the same thing to the Mm. wives. If you have not been honoring and respecting your husband the way, because we taught how it was, then we're asking you to go to him and ask him to confess it and ask him to forgive you. Well, then we gave the charge to the children. Mm. We're asking you, if you have not been honoring your mm. mother and your father, if you're disobedient, if you're rebellious, you've got an attitude, we're asking you to go to your parents and ask them to forgive you. They did. And it was amazing that wow. the pastors were coming back telling us the, the, re- the results of that. I mean, people were crying and, you know, mm. families reuniting. It was, it was beautiful. Also, during that wow. first conference, 142 people reported being healed. Now, it wasn't a healing conference, but at the wow. end of it, they, hmm. they just said, if anybody needs uh, physical healing, we're asking you to come forward. Well, a huge, there was hundreds, you know, out of the 650 people, I don't even know, probably three, yeah. 400 people came up. And, of course, you can't pray for each one, so we just asked them, put your hand on the part of your body that hurts or you have to, you know, disease or whatever's going on where you need healing and we'll just pray you know in faith just like jesus did you know the disciples did in the bible so we just prayed over the crowd Mm -hmm. and they we asked them to just believe that god's going to touch you and um wow Mm -hmm. 42 people you know reported like a lady said she'd had a amazing headache for four years and she had her hand on her head and her headache quit Mm -hmm. and then, then she reported on back to her pastor it never came back and um you wow. know, one lady came and laid her, her baby in our arms, and of course we couldn't understand what she needed because we didn't have a translator all the time. So we just prayed for her baby while she went. What happened is he had been born without testicles. She went and changed his diaper after mm. we prayed, and he had testicles. And she started hollering, you know. Oh, my goodness. That her, yeah, that her baby was healed. <laughs> and, and, yeah, there was just some really neat things. There was a, a little girl there, 10-year-old, that that her mom and her aunt and uh, a couple of other women had walked 20 miles carrying this 10-year-old girl to come to this conference. Mm. She had a big tumor in Mm. her stomach, and she couldn't walk. She couldn't play. She was in a lot of pain, and they were, you know, she needed surgery, but they didn't have money for surgery. And, you know, she was really in a Mm. bad way. Well, we didn't know. Nobody told us, but they sat her in a chair because she couldn't walk around and play with the other children. So during one of the breaks, mm-hmm. I saw her over there just sitting and watching the children play while the you know people were eating. And so I went over there and you know I 
I tried to talk to her, I couldn't because she didn't speak English, but, you know, she just put her hand mm -hmm. on her belly, so I put my hand on her hand on her belly, and I prayed for her. Well, that tumor went away, mm -hmm. and she got up and started playing, and she walked the 20 miles home. Wow, what a great God. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the, yeah. And they took her back to the doctor, and the tumor was gone, no surgery needed, and, you know, God just wow. showed up in amazing ways. Yeah. There was wow. a, another wow. young woman that, that had her hands up, you know, when we were praying, and I noticed her because on her left hand, all she had was nubs. And um, so mm. I went over and prayed mm. for her, and it looked like she'd fallen in the fire because her arms were also very scarred and looked okay. like from burns. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway, so I mm -hmm. prayed for her, but instead of praying for healing, I asked God to just do a creative sign and wonder miracle to just give her new fingers. Mm -hmm. Not heal what she had, mm. but just give her new ones. Well, the next day she called her pastor mm -hmm. and and her fingers were growing out, and they've continued to grow, so they've, they've grown all the way out, and people oh from my her goodness. village. Yeah, I came from all around and um, to see her fingers, because they knew she didn't have fingers, and so hmm. over 200 people have, have yeah. accepted Christ because of that miracle. Wow. So God, you know, wow. just showed up in um, amazing ways. Yeah, it was very exciting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. So. He's so good. <laughs> he is so good. <laughs> Yeah. So not only did, you know, we have the opportunity to minister to marriages, but to physical needs. And that wasn't something we expected. It was just, you know, the pastor, yeah. the pastor wanted us to pray. So, of course, we did. But it wasn't our focus. Mm -hmm. But I guess it was God's focus in a lot of people's lives. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, uh -huh. that's it. He'll do anything he can to build relationship with his people. So yes, whether yes. that means calling you guys from the other side of the world to come and pray for that little girl or the woman with no fingers, you know, it, yeah. it answers what he's calling to happen in this world. So yeah, the body yeah, of Christ, that's amazing. You know, Jesus said to do the same things that's exactly I did and, and more. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, we got to see yep. God do that, you know, just using us. And we all, we were yeah. willing vessels where, you know, there's nothing special about us. We just said, yes, we'll go. Right. And yeah, um, so yeah, we really that's loved really, our that's trip. Really amazing. Was, our trip was awesome. We it loved was. it, and we're ready to go again. Um, maybe not tomorrow, <laughs> but uh, as yeah. soon as we get some new messages ready. One of our right. goals in teach, one of our goals in an intentional marriage, there is to teach teachers. You know, we we have a sub mm. sphere of influence that's what that radio is and who, who was listening there. But the people that we're reaching can become ministers, basically, and go out and reach people that they know and spread the gospel all over the, exactly. the, the country exactly. or the, the, the mm -hmm. continent. And so right. we have started seeing pastors now start to take the intentional marriage message and start teaching it to their congregations. And mm -hmm, that is really mm -hmm. thrilling to me. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. It's a bit like discipleship, you know, where it you're is. just Absolutely. discipling people mm -hmm. on what on what God desires for people in marriage. And then they get to disciple others. And it's that kind yes. of, yes. you know, multiplication of, yes. of people living godly marriages. And man, what a need that is worldwide. Um, yes. But definitely... Yeah, definitely with traditional marriages and things like that that happen all around Africa mm -hmm. and probably all around the That's world what... too. But yeah, there. The, when I look back, it was it was so incredibly hard 
you know, we were staying in their homes mm-hmm. where, you know, it wasn't necessarily so comfortable. There was no air conditioning and just, you mm-hmm. know, things were different. No, no rain yeah. water, no, no hot water. Unless I asked them, would you heat us some water, you know, on their little charcoal stove. Right. So it was intensive. Yeah. And expensive yeah. for them to provide mm-hmm. us a little bit so he could shave and, you know, we could bathe a little bit. Right. And, and those kind of things. And yet, yet, and, and eating the food was a challenge, you know, it was different, but, mm-hmm. but it was kind of like God gave us this grace. When I look at it, there was such a mm. grace, even though it was hard, it was, it was like, it was a dream. I almost felt like we were in a bubble yeah. because it was hard, but it wasn't. It was like we flowed from day yeah. to day and it just, it just worked and there weren't, wasn't any big upset. You know, it was, yeah. I mean, God was so faithful to cover us and, and mm-hmm. make it all work mm-hmm. that, that I didn't feel stress, you know, and I, I can't mm-hmm. say for him cause I'm not inside of him, but, but I felt such at peace. Um, no matter what the situation mm. was, it was just like I can understand more in the Bible. You know, when Paul talks about being all things to all people and being content in any situation, yes. and you know, just the, some yes. of the things that we had the opportunity to live out while we were on this trip, and mm-hmm. it felt so—I felt so covered by God. Uh, and that that was mm. amazing for me because when I look back, it was like, like I was living in a dream. You know, like when you watch something yeah. on TV and there there's a dream and it looks easy. That it it wasn't easy, but mm-hmm. but yet it felt easy. <laughs> so yeah, that's yeah. My overall yeah. comment on the whole trip was mm. it was mm. lovely. I loved the people so much, and I loved all the experiences. Mm. It didn't matter. How difficult it seemed, it just, it wasn't so difficult. <laughs> I, I'm going to let leave you te- uh, ladies talking. Uh, we're putting in a brand new radio All station right. from the from the ground up, and I have to go work on the transmitter. He has to go play engineer. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, Thank you so much, blessed. Sam, for joining in. Thank we love you. you. And some of these days, yeah, you're going love to you too. Today. Yeah, we'd like to visit That's you. right. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye, Sam. Yeah, so I just wanted to ask if there was anything else that we missed that you wanted to share. Well, I, I wanted, can I tell you about one other miracle that was just stood out to me? Yeah. Yeah, well, for sure. This girl was when we, you know, at one of the places when we asked them to just lay their hands on themselves, she, I noticed she laid her hand on her belly. And so I went over mm. to her and it was kind of neat because the, we had a, one of our pastor's sons who was probably 21, 22, he's one of their adopted sons, came over and said, would you mm. like me to interpret? And I said, yes. And normally they didn't do that, but this was a God thing. So I had already, mm. you know, laid my hand on her hand on her belly and prayed for her, you know, for whatever was going on. So then he asked her, well, what's, mm-hmm. what's going on? What do you need prayer for? And she she was a, you know, a young mom. And she said that she had gone full term with her pregnancy and the, ba- the baby had died inside of her. And so they kept mm. waiting for her to go into labor to deliver it. And she didn't. And so, however, they're, you know, they're out in the bush. So I don't know how they got it out. Yeah. You know? Um, Mm. I didn't, I don't think they did surgery. I don't, you know, I don't, it didn't seem like they'd done induced labor that, that from what she said and, you know, he's interpreting, but, um, somehow they dug it out kind of like a abortion. Something happened. Yeah. Something happened. Anyway, Mm -hmm. she had, um, 
was really highly infected inside, and she had pus and blood oh. running out. And they had tried oh. to treat it with antibiotics, and so basically she was going to die. They had told her, there's nothing we can do, you're going to die. Mm. And when I touched her, she had high, high fever. Now, she's young. She was probably, <sighs> you know, early 20s. Yeah, beautiful. I, I can send you a oh picture my goodness. of her. But anyway, she was burning up with fever mm. when I touched her hand. I was like, oh, she's really sick, and I didn't know why until the guy. So then I asked if I could hug her and pray for her, and she said mm-hmm. yes. And so I just took her in my arms because I thought that, you know, that she's like, could be my daughter. She needs a mama's hug. Yeah. (laughs) She did. And so anyway, so I just held her and I just, you know, was praying in in her ear, just asking God to touch her and restore, you know, everything and even to restore so that she could have a baby again, you know, Mm because that kind of thing could really sterilize you, I suppose. But anyway, I yeah, was just praying yeah. for God's healing touch on her, you know. And uh, anyway, I could feel her fever broke as I had fit, as I held her. Mm. It just mm. all of a sudden she just became cool in my touch because she was burning up. Mm. And I put her against me. She was like whoa, like a hot pad. Mm. Anyway, yeah, um, so yeah. the next day she she called the pastor and said, you know, as she was excited and she said, I have to tell you. I have no more pain, no more fever, no more bleeding, no more pus running. I am well, you know, and um, mm, so mm. now I'm, I was just, that's you know, amazing. That was amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. Yes. Now, and like one place there was this little lady and I had noticed as we were teaching her grown daughter carried in this little, so I figured it was her mother, you know, cause she was gray hair mm-hmm. and she carried her mm-hmm. in and the mm-hmm. lady didn't have shoes on and, and you know, whatever and sat her in a chair. So when we broke for lunch and everybody goes mm-hmm. over to where the food is, this little lady was still sitting there. And so Sam and I had gone to the bathroom, came back, and so she was kind of under the tent by herself. So we went over to her, and and she's pointing at her mm-hmm. feet, you know, and, and then went like this, you know, pointing at other words, please pray for my feet. So, you know, we got down mm-hmm, and we prayed mm-hmm. for her feet, you know, that whatever it was. Well, then it turned out that um, after we walked away in the crowd, it, it was hard for me to identify the people, you know, because there's too many people. Mm, anyway, yeah, she ended yeah. up, she, you know what I mean. So she ended up getting up and walking, and her daughter was so excited, went to one of the pastors and said, my mother has not walked in three years. Her feet, her oh feet my were, goodness. I don't know what was the matter with her feet, but when we prayed for her, because mm. Sam and I both got down and prayed for her, God healed her feet, and she got up and walked. And um, they were amazing. very excited. <laughs> it was amazing, because, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, now, well, so anyway. Yeah, yeah. Just oh. exciting things like that. Just yeah, just trying yeah. to think. Of, yeah, yeah. Getting to see God move in in powerful ways yeah. to free people. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. and touch their lives. Cause, yeah, know, a, a lot of Muslims have been you know saved because of, of things they've seen. We we had a um, mm-hmm. a lady that was listening to our broadcast on her radio, and um, mm. she was you know course she was, they were muslim and she had a, a rotten a rotten marriage because they don't value their women mm. you know, generally mm-hmm. so one time mm-hmm. after she'd been listening to us for maybe six months she asked her husband what would he listen with us and you know what is it and so when he found out we were a christian ministry oh he got so mad mm. and he, you know picked up the radio and he <laughs> threw it through the window outside it broke the radio mm. it broke their window and then he beat up his wife mm really badly and so she ended up coming to our interpreters because he always gives his you know the church you know where he's pastor and his phone number so anyway she crawled and they had sent us pictures of them going out to meet her 
um, crawling on the road mm-hmm. because he hurt her so bad she couldn't walk, and she was all oh. bloody and everything. Oh my gosh. So they, so our oh interpreter, um, Bishop David, and his wife took her and you know mended her up and you know took care of her. So they led her to Christ. Okay, so she accepted Christ. So then. Mm. She said, well, what do I do? And so they said, well, just, you need to just honor your husband, you know, and just keep praying for him. Mm -hmm. And and, uh, Mm -hmm. so when she went back home, she had a neighbor who was listening to our program. So she started sneaking out and going and listening again with the neighbor. Well, so over time, Mm -hmm. you know, her life is changing because she's starting to implement, you know, the things we're doing. And so finally, Mm -hmm. after some months, her husband said, what's happened to you? And and she was afraid to tell him because she didn't (laughs) want to be beat up again. But she said, well... You know, yeah. I listened to this radio program about marriage, and, but he liked the change in her. So he went and bought another radio, mm. and he said, okay, I'll listen with you because it's changed you so much. Because he treated her so badly, mm. and she was treating him with honor, right? And so mm. he, he got the radio, he listened, and he prayed to receive Jesus. And he's now one wow. of the leaders in one of those churches. And, you know. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's um, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. God's moving. So. He's got he's moving to yeah. to free a lot of people. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I have two closing questions to ask okay. um, before we close up. Okay. okay. The first one is in the spirit of the in between, what is one thing that God is teaching you right now? That God is so faithful that when we have something negative going on, he always comes through with the other side of it, you know, like where there's, yeah. where there's grief, there's also joy because of what God has yeah. done, you know. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if that's what it, you mean by the in-between, but, but yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. When, when we have a, you know, you call it a conundrum where where you, you feel sad and yet you feel happy. I, I don't know what that's called, mm-hmm. but I guess it's an in-between is a good word for it, where you have both emotions, mm-hmm. both you know, good and bad going on at the same time. God doesn't yeah. let us be mowed over by the negative because we do live in a fallen world mm-hmm. where a lot of things, yeah. bad things happen. And yet he mm-hmm. can mm-hmm. take the worst thing and turn it into a blessing. For me, that's, I guess, an in-between. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, the last question, a fun way to close things up. What is something that really makes you laugh? Oh. Well, my Sam is funny. Whenever we have a fight, I'll apply <laughs> this to marriage. Whenever we get into a fuss, strife, you might call it. He started mm-hmm. doing this early in our marriage, but it makes me laugh because right in the midst <laughs> of the strife, he, wa- he wants me to feel secure. So he'll put his hand on my neck mm-hmm. under my hair and start rubbing my ne- neck and he'll he'll say, we're going to make it, baby. Now, in the last sentence, you know, we're <laughs> upset at each other. And then he's saying, we're going to make it, baby. And it doesn't undo whatever this, mm-hmm. the issue was, but he's moved right in with this little, mm, you know, nugget of joy and um, love towards me to let me know yeah, yeah. We, may, we may be having this horrible fight, but I want you to know I really love you. And that makes me laugh because it just brings joy to my yeah. heart. So that's, that's not a funny ha-ha, but yeah. it's, it's, uh, it's a joyful laugh. Yeah. And the other thing he'll do yeah, is he'll go exactly. on, the, on the sound system in our house. You know, he has, because he's an electrical engineer, he has it all hooked up so he can turn on the computer, some music, and he'll turn on our kind of our favorite song is can I have this dance for the rest of my life by Anne Murray? 
He'll mm. turn that on and crank mm. it up, and he'll come grab me in the kitchen and say I'm I'm cooking and doing something. <laughs> and and we, neither of us know how to dance, really, but he'll come grab me and say, dance with me, baby, you know, work. And, and so we'll start dancing around the kitchen, and that makes me laugh because it's at those unexpected yeah. moments that, that he's just, you know, like, let's forget all the everything serious and enjoy each other for a minute. And um, yeah, that makes just me have fun together. Yes, because you know when people first meet, they usually are having fun together before they get married, uh-huh. and that's a big thing we teach: is continue to have fun. And so Sam is very intentional about continuing to make fun moments like that that make me laugh and just like oh, you know, like if I was a cat, I would purr <laughs> because yeah, um, <laughs> it makes you feel safe and comfortable and happy. Yes, and it, it does make me laugh because I don't know how to dance, but we are always dancing around yeah. the house, <laughs> looking ridiculous, but it's fun. Yeah. That's so, so fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> thank you so much for getting to spend time with me today and answering You're all these welcome. questions, sharing all these stories. Um, I think, yeah, I think anybody who listens is just going to be encouraged and, and I hope will be challenged too to to lean into the father for a healed and happy marriage yes and it starts with a healed and happy heart yeah that's right that's right yeah that's right i hope so too and if people will remember the main thing is to be willing to repent humbly and to forgive unconditionally Mm -hmm. that will help heal anything yep Uh, yep that's right that's right yeah Okay. Thank you, Rebecca. I will look forward to um, getting to chat with you more in the future and hopefully someday a visit out here to Ghana. (laughs) Yes, we would really love that. So we'll just pray for God to open the doors and provide the way. That would be wonderful. That's right. That's right. So thank you so much. We enjoyed this. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Storied In Between podcast. I would love for you to check out the show notes for this episode, my blog, and more information about this podcast on my website at www.thestoriedinbetween.com. You can find this podcast on Instagram and Facebook at The Storied In Between Podcast. I look forward to hanging out with you again next week as we chat with my friends, Jessica Perry and Joy Simpson. Let's close with this final quote by Dan Allender. So take seriously the story that God has given you to live. It's time to read your own life because your story is the one that could set us all ablaze.